Hello guys, welcome back. This is episode six of the podcast. I had a bit of a hiatus, no doubt. Um, yeah, just the podcast got put on the back burner, um, to be fair, and it just uh, was not a priority for the last few months, to be honest. Basically, I think returning back to coaching face-to-face once uh, coronavirus slowed down here in Melbourne and life just got to be crazy and uh, this thing here was sort of last on the list. But I also, in conjunction with that, I think I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to have this, get this done each week, this, this podcast and these episodes, but I was trying to always make it perfect and fantastic and I was worrying about the sound, I was worrying about the, the uh, external noise and the cars driving past and just worrying about the small 1% things that probably don't really matter um, in the long term or in the long, the long uh, game of this. And I sort of realized I need to actually focus on what matters and that is delivering content that I think will assist people or just, um, yeah, get the, the messages out there that I'm trying to convey and, and talk about. So another thing as well is I'm going to try and make this more of a short and sharp style podcast from now. In the past, again, I was, I was focusing on like long ones and ones that are all awesome and fantastic based on the, the duration of the time. But I think short and sharp with good content that can actually help people is better than trying just to blab on for an hour. And obviously, once if we can get some guests in, that's when they might go a bit longer. But at the moment, I think short ones are better. So I'm going to be aiming for like 10 to 15 minutes max and go from there. So today's episode is you're not that fucked up and... So I don't keep saying the word fuck every two minutes. Uh, I'll just refer to messed up. But the overall theme is you're not that fucked up. And what a lot of these episodes are going to basically stem from is myself having conversations with uh, clients, uh, past clients and things like or people like new inquiries or consults that I have with potential clients who are coming on board with EPM. And so with that, I do talk to a lot of um, inquiries or just people in the gym or the fitness environment and I just sort of see trends. So this episode today is, obviously there's a slight part of my opinion in there or probably my bias, but a lot of it I try and base off just what I see often and then I make, I guess, a summary or a conclusion off of that. So when when I say you're not that messed up, um, I feel inspired to discuss this because often with new people, when they come and inquire about getting coaching, whatever their goals may be, whether it's weight loss, want to get stronger, get fitter, improve their performance, just get better in general. And when they're in that uh, process of seeking a coach or seeking help, a lot of the time when I, when I speak to these people, they, they think that like they're doing everything so, so wrong and they're like terrible or they're just nowhere near as good as the the regular gym goer. So there might be the obvious things such as, okay, they haven't trained very consistently for a while. They might eat, you know, pretty average. But for the most part, what I find is that the person is nowhere near, is often nowhere near as bad as they actually think they are or they say they are based off me 
getting to listen to their story. And what I do, all I base that off is like the previous 50 people I've spoken to or the previous people I spoke to last month or however whatever the number and my measurement system is in my own head and based off our um, inquiry forms, that sort of stuff, a lot of the people aren't that far off being like in a really good position to progress and um, excel with their training and approach. So a lot of the time, it's just tweaking a few things in their, their lifestyle and their habits with, with their habits and they're on their way to achieving some really good things with the goals they want to do. So as an example, I'll go over three sort of um, quick topics. Basically, one is their current um, body and their injuries. It's often exaggerated or they believe it's worse than it actually is or they think that it like they're the only person in Australia with that injury. Second one is their eating habits. And thirdly is their, oh, so with, with the eating habits, number two, basically they think they're like, they have the worst eating habits ever and they're just like an absolute, um, you know, a glutton and they just like eat shit all the time. When really, a lot of the conversations we have are not, they're not that bad. And thirdly, their lifestyle uh, in regards to say like how much activity they're getting in each week, what their training is like, if they're consistent or not consistent and sort of just their day-to-day things um, that compound and help towards their goals. So here's why you're not that messed up, okay? So number one with the injury. A lot of people, they'll use the injury as like their identity and they think that like there's some unique individual who has, you know, this sore knee that is one in a million. And that could be from seeing previous therapists uh, in certain areas, whether it be like, um, I'm just going to list off, areas here, such as like, um, say, osteo, physio, chiro, myo, all the different areas that can help with uh, facilitating improving the injury. And to add on to that, even people like a GP, um, who else? Even other other personal trainers who might have had like a Cert 3 and 4 in fitness. But whatever it was that got them to this conclusion, they've, they've come to a conclusion that oh, my injury is terrible and I, I probably can't, you know, progress from here. And when I look at their, when I assess them and look at their and give them a, a bit of an analysis of how they're moving and functioning and, and the feedback they give me, they're not that bad. Like, if they were to, like, start doing things in regards to, say, a re- rehabilitation protocol with some foundational movement that helps strengthen and uh, even out some imbalances across the body they're probably about, honestly, one to two weeks away from improving themselves by like 50%, which is quite a large return based on you've been sore for the last five years or the last two or three years uh, as a shorter option. One to two weeks of consistency can, I often see a huge progression with people almost right away. It's usually within days. So this person's been led to believe, whether it's a lot of their own thinking or their what they've been told from like another therapist in a way that their injury is so bad they can't really progress much. So that's number one. Often the injury is not that bad and you aren't that unique. Like I know we're all special and what whatnot, but we probably have someone else in our current coaching circle. This is if I'm talking to a potential client who already has got what you've got um, or we've already helped someone get past that injury and they're on their way to performing better and achieving their goals as well, okay? So often your injury is not as bad as you um, say it is and someone who often is great at explaining this and who is an absolute leader in the field is Andrew Locke. 
um, the best physio going around. So check him out on um, socials and the internet because he is one of a kind. He's, he's a genius and he has a lot of simple content like that on this topic that can explain it probably a lot better than what I can. Second one is their eating habits. Now, people often say, oh, look, my eating is shithouse. Um, so I like to get an idea of just how their food is going just to give me a better understanding of their situation. And when they, if, if someone gives us, say, like just a, a simple food recall so we can have an understanding of, of how they're going, when I look at it and compare it, okay, it might need some, some fixing and some improving, but it's not that, again, it's not that bad. It isn't that messed up. And a few simple tweaks to the, the food and, and the, the approach to how they eat can usually fix things um, dramatically. And they're not that usually out of line with where they need to be for their goals. So rather, like they, they, they put this huge emphasis on like, oh, I had a pizza on the weekend. It's like, cool, so did I. Like, and they don't, they, they condemn themselves for doing so and they, they have this really all or nothing approach where it's like, if I eat zero takeaway for the week or zero in, you know, quotation marks, bad food for the week, I'm a hero, I'm an athlete and that's what I should be striving for. But the other side of it is if they mess up even once, again, mess up is subjective because I don't believe in messing up when it comes to food. It's just like uh, better option foods or lesser option foods. They think they've like failed if they go down that path of say having like one cheat meal, if they want to call it that, or a higher calorie food or a, a more processed food from like a takeaway store. So the eating habits usually aren't too bad, okay? And then the third one being their lifestyle. <clears throat> so... Before I get into the third one, I think what a lot of this, lot of this, uh, these conversations come around and these beliefs is because it's what we're we're comparing our baseline to, or like what what the baseline is for comparison. So whether it's things like social media and you know really um, putting like world class athletes up on a pedestal, or like the perfect Instagram influencers who portray on their feed that they're don't make mistakes and that they're, they're perfect and their diet is A1, they don't miss a training session, they're hardcore, they're this and that, all that sort of stuff. I don't know if it's like that that is making people think that they're so shit often and it becomes a bit of a comparison game and we're just like flooded with constant media sort of highlighting that we're average when the truth is 95% of people can get a great result with just tweaking a few things in their life and keeping in mind that things like Instagram, people choose what they show you. They don't show you behind the scenes a lot of the time. They don't, so, they don't often show you the truth. They don't show you every aspect. They show you what they choose to show you and what they want you to think and how they want you to see them. It's never. It's always a highlight reel and sure... These days, there are more people being like more authentic, but then again, it's a small percentage, I think, in the grand scheme. So the truth is, you aren't that different to the person next to you, even though you, you, know, you think you um, drastically are different. So with the third one, the training and lifestyle approach is incredibly bad that, that these people often think, okay? So people need to sort of stop falling into the, the mindset that, they're you know a lazy prick if they don't train seven days a week. 
So often when people ask me about training or they'll, they'll ask if, they're the, you know, if we update someone's program, I find a sweet spot for a lot of people is between four and five days a week. When I tell that to a lot of people, um, this can even just be like someone in public or someone I meet out who asks about coaching or training, they often, I always get, often, sorry, not always, often get a really surprised reaction when I say four to five days a week. Because a lot of people are under the understanding that they think you have to train like seven days or six days a week to be like performing better, you know, in great shape um, and achieving your goals. When I think for most people, four to five days is a really good sweet spot. And there's a lot of um, key terms that come into that as well with regards to your, the rest of your life, with your stress, how hard you're training, what style of training, how new to training you are. And also things like your job, whether it's labor intensive or if you're sitting down all day, you know, how much low intensity output are you achieving each week as well, each day. So there's a lot of things there that can tweak that, but four to five days is often um, a sweet spot for most people. So just keeping in mind that if you miss a workout, it doesn't make you the shittest person in the world because consistency is never linear, ever. And some weeks are going to be great, some will be average, and that's life. That is literally the sliding scale with probably everything that you do in your life is going to be a sliding scale between sometimes good and sometimes pretty shit. And I think the goal is is to just try and find that middle part of that between that scale where you can find the sweet spot where you can get the, the you can tick off and achieve the habits required to get you to closer to your goal. It's not about being perfect all the time. And in the same breath as that, you've got to take responsibility about, uh, responsibility for yourself where you don't let yourself slip to the other side where you have more shit days than good days or more average weeks than good weeks. The goal is to get closer to, to good rather than being um, terrible. So consistency over the long haul is always what will triumph any other approach. And I've had people, so I've been training myself now for about 12 to 13 years and in the gym. And people will ask like, you know, um, what, what's your approach or how do you think is the best way to, you know, do you have great workouts all the time? What's the, what's the no, I wouldn't say secret, cause they don't say secret, but they just sort of say like, what's your probably best tip? And I'm like, just show up. Just show up as consistently as possible over a long period of time and there is a high chance that you'll do well. And I've had plenty of shit workouts in my time. A lot of crap workouts that probably were below average with what I got out of it and the intensity or I had an injury or I had something, something going on that affected the workout pretty badly. But over the long haul, I show up and that then allows me to have a pretty good outcome based on just averages. And that is what I think is the key for a lot of people in whatever sport it is or whatever goal we're trying to achieve, okay? The fourth point here I want to add on to the the last three, the fourth one that I didn't mention at the beginning. So to wrap this up, we're about to finish up now, guys. So short and sharp, like I said. Stop telling people and reinforcing into your brain that you're messed up. Now, I know it's easier said than done, but a lot of the people who, who come for a consult with me or they come and um, inquire about coaching, obviously they've, they've found a, 
a gap in their approach and they realized they've needed some, some coaching, which is great. It's a great thing. And I think having self-awareness to acknowledge that is fantastic. But be mindful of the language that you used that you use because if you're constantly saying like, oh, my, my back's fucked or you know, I messed up here, my eating is terrible, I am terrible, the more that you say it and reinforce it to yourself, you're going to start believing it like truly and it will become who you are and your identity, okay? And without going into too much detail, the mind is incredibly powerful in believing stuff like that and believing statements like that and the more that you say it and reinforce it, the more it will be ingrained into your head. So in the end, you know, you can literally be whatever you want to be and without trying to get all Tony Robbins and motivational with you on the end of this podcast, but it's your identity is up to you, whether you call yourself an athlete or whether you call yourself a slob that doesn't do anything. And the more you tell, you, tell yourself which one you want to be is the higher chance you'll become that. Of course, you have to start um, implementing actions in either direction, whether you want to go down the you know, non-training person who doesn't do anything and doesn't take their, their health and uh, fitness seriously, or the other way, going towards like an athlete or someone who emphasizes performance and getting better with their life. There is a part in, uh, in relation to this with the book Atomic Habits by uh, James Clear, and he mentions in there about associating yourself as an identity, the more you do that, it, it often leads to having you think and you start acting out the actions that align with that, with that identity. So for example, if you start calling yourself an athlete and you truly believe it and you start to do things like that, your entire approach starts to go in that same way. Just like if you tell yourself that you're a lazy person, I am lazy, I am I don't even like saying that. Like even right now in this podcast, that language makes me feel uneasy just by saying it like that. But for the sake of this conversation, what you tell yourself enough, you'll start to believe. Okay. And it's it's incredibly important to call yourself out on it and only allow I think more positive reinforcements for yourself and being firm with that. So that is the top three slash four points and we are done there guys. So the overall thing here, you aren't that messed up. You're actually, you're only a few decisions and habits away from achieving some massive progress for yourself. If you don't believe me, um, let's have a chat about it and I can probably show you firsthand with yourself if you feel you're in that position where you feel that you've got a few issues. Um, one of my things that I love to do is breaking down problems for people and trying to help them. So if you feel that's you, feel free to reach out to me and we can discuss it. This is the first podcast back in a while. We'll see how we go. I'm planning to bring out more often um, the episodes, but keeping them much shorter. So that's all for today, guys. Have a great one and I'll see you in the next one.